Hey everybody, welcome back to another film review, because we call them films in Britain. Um, another film review from Entertainment Talk. Uh, I'm here today with Chris. Hi Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Matt. How are you? I'm feeling a lot better today. So we're here today to talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the next instalment in the apparently 15 film length MCU now that they have, uh, which is from Iron Man forward, so it doesn't include the Tobey Maguire spider-man yeah so um yeah so what's your like we did last time what's your history with guardians of the galaxy um never read any any of the comic books but i have watched the obviously i've watched the first film and i pretty much enjoyed that um other than that i've done a bit of wikipedia research but i don't really know a hell of a lot more uh, outside of the film world yeah um, I don't feel like this film told us loads. Obviously, of course, we dealt with Star Lord's father, who's called um, Ego or Ego. Yeah, Ego. I, th- Ego. I thought that was quite yeah. weird. Um, so, what did you think of the first film? Did you like it? The first film, uh, I thought it was brilliant. It's quite re- refreshing. Mm. I mean, like for Marvel, I mean they've had Iron Man, who's quite a comedic character. But the the amount of quips that they had in the Guardians of the Galaxy made it into kind of a co- pure comedy action, yeah. Um, which was something that Marvel was missing, and mm. it's interesting now they're looking into different genres of films with Marvel. Um, they got it seems that like Guardians of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of set that trend, um, which is why I like the first one quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the general consensus, what I agree with as well, is that the first one was very good um yeah so yeah because we, we should probably move on from the first and talk about the second um what did you think of this the second one um i thought it was very decent in quite a lot of places in um other places it was a bit slow and um i didn't really dig, dig the storyline but in general it was a decent watch yeah um so about I think the week before the week leading up to the the release of this, which was last Friday in the UK, yes, um, I was looking at some like non non spoiler like uh, reviews from you know critics that get things early and stuff, um, people like Jeremy Johns and uh, some other people on YouTube, yeah, uh, and they they all roughly saying the same stuff, um, you know what the general consensus is called. Um, and some of them were saying, you know, it's a little bit slow. And then when Jeremy said in his review, like, they go off on their separate journeys at some points, I thought, oh, God, don't let it kind of be like that. I mean, like, yeah, in terms of recent experiences and that, The Walking Dead is one to kind of point at in terms of, you know, single-focused things. And, like, th- there's a fine difference between single-focused stories and, like, bottle episodes. Bottle episodes are my, like... They're still singular focus, but they're even more focused on, like... That's more of, like, a focus on a location as opposed to, like, a particular character. Um, and I kind of thought, like, I really hope that doesn't ruin the film. Now, maybe it was a bad idea for me to look at some reviews before. Um, I kind of regretted it after, but it, it didn't yeah. turn out as badly in that sense as what I thought in terms of their individual journeys. I mean, you've got um, Drax and... Starlord, they go off together because when he said that and i saw a couple of clips from the film it had like drax on his own and it had gamora on its own i thought well that's gonna like really kind of dampen this film and then found out you know the film was two hours 20 minutes and i was like i was like kind of not excessively dreading it because i was like okay at some point they have to have the, the team as 
a team because it's a ensemble film. Yeah. Um, and which is, you know, apart from the start scene with the kind of flashback of sorts with Star-Lord's father, I thought the opening, you know, like with the big tentacle monster thing, I don't recall that character having, having yeah. a name. But when they're all in each individually fighting it and then you've got baby Groot who's dancing around, I thought that was a brilliant opening. Um, yeah. And then you kind of got, like, they get hit to the side and eventually, like, because baby Groot goes around the whole thing or most of that circle... Uh, and then each of the characters come over to him. I thought the pieces of dialogue were, were pretty good. So, um, yeah, I thought it had a very strong opening, which is kind of what you expect from these, these kind of things. Um, yes. Which did help it. And then, of course, it kind of dipped and went up and dipped and went up. And then it kind of uh, had a fight with a villain that I wasn't the biggest fan of um, in terms of, like, being similar to Resident Evil things. No, you've cut um, out again. Okay. You're back. You're back. Sorry, that was, must have yeah. been a brief moment there. Okay. Um, yeah, in terms of his dad, Ego. Is it Ego? I'm going to call him Ego. Ego, uh, yes. Being this Resident Evil ridiculous style zombie, which is, uh, if you've ever listened to it, not you specifically, Chris, but if anybody's listened to the game gaming podcast, I've said how much like I want to like Resident Evil because of its like potential in horror and stuff. Um, and that being one of the issues is like these villains that you shoot and then they literally form themselves back together and then get back up. Uh, I really, I like rolled my, as soon as he like got up because, um, he gets hit with the ship, doesn't he? And then he sort of gets back up. Um, and I think Star-Lord shoots him before and as soon as he got up and like started reforming himself, I was like, oh God, here we go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I've rambled on a bit there maybe. Uh, but what did you, what did you kind of think overall? Overall, uh, like I said before, it's um, I like the storyline to it, and I did like the plot, even if not much actually happened. Um, it, it seemed to work. Um, however, the the villain, like you say, Ego, um, I didn't really dig him, okay. and his kind of turn against the, the group was quite predictable for me, um, because you know the, the signs were there with kind of Mantis being worried and everything, and. You know, it's Kurt Russell. He usually plays like a, a either a really good guy or a really bad guy. Mm. And I thought, <laughs> uh, I thought, um, I thought he might be a bad person. Yeah. Um, and the visuals for when Ego turned into this um, strange, like morphing monster, um, they were quite questionable. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, but yeah. the face that had within that light was um, something quite different for Marvel. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you've got the same frustrations in terms of Resident Evil. I don't really know your your history with that, but uh, I don't have any history with that. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, like playing through Resident Evil Five and a few others, that's like a a recurring theme, and maybe it's a thing of that just that universe. But having it come into the Marvel thing when I was like kind of least expecting it was uh, not not quite welcome at all from me. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what kind of notes do you have? Because we could obviously go through some of our some of our different things here. I just uh, looked at the positives and negatives, really, of the film. Okay. Um, I mean, do you want me to just start with that? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, well, the, I did like the new characters, um, which was like Mantis, mm, um, that was Ego, the emotion creature, uh, girl kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, the, she was a bit of a mess at some point, so like with her character, 
and especially yeah. the relationship between her and Drax, I couldn't quite <laughs> think that. <laughs> it was quite strange. It was funny, but yeah. it, um, it, it didn't necessarily work in all places. Mm. Um, I did like how the characters developed, though. Like you could, you could definitely see a clear development from the first film. But um, some of the emotive scenes were quite uh, forced within this film. Like they tried to make you, um, they really tried to make you feel upset or sad for the characters. Though it, it's just after like a bit of humour, and you're just like, oh, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily work in all places. Um, I would much rather they um, made like a section, a whole section within the film where the characters are going like self-reflection and whatnot rather than just having it thrown in every now and then, where mm. it seems a bit jumpy. Yeah, um, I think it was funny with, with Mantis when uh, she yeah. hates Star-Lord's mind or whatever, and then oh, yeah. uh, Drax is like, oh, you must also embarrass right now, because uh, Gamora's standing right there, and he's like, you have feelings for this girl, like romantic feelings. He's like, he's like no, shush, shush. Sexual feelings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, huh. yeah, this one was very funny. Um, of course, it, it's supposed it to was. be because uh, of the ensembles that you have for Marvel, which you've got um, the Defenders, you've got the Avengers, you've got the X Men, and you've got um, Guardians of the Galaxy. They're probably the the funniest uh, ensemble yeah. of all those. So, yeah, that was pretty good. <clears throat> um, I I also like the uh, the kind of bonds that we see in it more near the end of the film between Yondu and Rocket. Um, where they um, they both put in the uh, the cell and everything, mm. and they have to kind of you know put their differences aside and kind of work together, and then later in the film where they compare like, uh, well Yondu compares um, Rocket to himself, and um, you see there's a lot of similarities there mm. because obviously with them without the dynamic of you know Rocket and Groot like there was in the first film because Groot's now like a little baby, baby he Groot, doesn't really. Yeah. Have- Baby Groot, who doesn't really understand anything, so to have that kind of um, replacement within Yondu was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen. Um, I think his, his name's Tyrone Magnus on YouTube. He does some. Like, I do. Short, yeah. Short reactions. He, he has know, his he has, uh, yeah. Baby Groot, and he does some funny things with that. Um, I did think the scene where Baby Groot has to go and get Yondu's Mohican part for his head that was really fun oh right yeah yeah and then he brings out like a tray and all these other different things no, yeah, that's brilliant. giving these different reactions that uh i started to think like is this scene going on too long but i thought no it's still it's still very funny and it's still, the, still just the appropriate characters for it because of his relationship with um rocket and then yondu's a bit sort of separate to the group and he's a bit more of the serious character but uh that felt wet fit well as well so i thought that was great um, no, I'm a bit torn on this part, um, okay. on my notes section here. Uh, it's something I haven't quite worked out in my head, so I'm just going to throw you out my thoughts okay. on it. Um, you know, I can't remember what um, what kind of group they were, but, you know, the, the people, you know, with gun and golden skin uh, that we see at the start and then we see them, like, near the end, who are meant to be the kind of villains. Uh, okay. Do, do you remember them? Who, who are they again, sorry? Say that again. The, the people, the golden people, you know, the one the, the golden oh, skin. yeah, I didn't quite get that either yeah she um i felt like they're kind of weak villains i almost like forgotten they'd been in the film once their scene had ended because like once rocket goes and sees those guys in the woods and stuff i completely forgot about about those other people and then of course they they came come back in at the end sort of uh oh yeah you guys so um i mean it was they just felt like an extra there 
But I, d- I didn't really feel like they were great villains from the start, to be honest. So them no. not being in the film um, was kind of a benefit to the film in mm. some way. But in other ways, I feel like they could have had more of a role and they could have, you know, w- within the middle middle to end section of the film, mm. they could have caused a few more problems um, because they just appeared, basically, during the... Um, during the, uh, the kind battle, of... The space battle, yeah. yeah. That's and, another um, thing I... I don't know how you felt about that, but when it was revealed that it's... They were sort of playing like a, a game on the on the ship. I, I think it was a cool idea, but I didn't, was. Quite, I didn't quite get it in, in some ways. Yeah, I, I, I like that was one thing I did like about them. That kind of um, yeah, I like I like when they control it, cool, it from the station. Quite get it. So, um, what, but like when, when, they, when they're um, it's like when they uh, there's one guy left and it's like the the guy in the arcade situation like he's running out of quarters or something and you know can he yeah. part, can he can he do it kind of thing um, I thought that was a little bit funny um, but yeah, just just the way that was kind of set up and then like when you see yeah, it, yeah. when you see it from the perspective of the guardians it's like a proper like battle thing and I don't know it was a proper battle but when it goes to the guys in the in the ship that are fighting. It looks like some kind of arcade thing, and I just didn't quite get what what, yeah. the, what the film was going for. So, um, yeah, it was strange. I, I I'll admit that, and they were strange characters to put in there, really. Yeah. Um, they felt like they felt they felt even worse. Like they felt even more undeveloped than Ronan was in the first film, who was the main villain. He um had the staff and everything. Yeah. I I just I just couldn't connect with these characters at all, really, mm. which is a shame, considering they were set up at the start to be to look like the main villain or whatever, but yeah. then it became a ego in the end. Mm. Um, what, what did you think of that that quote unquote twist of ego um, being the villain? I was like, okay, sort of thing. His character yeah. just didn't really. I yeah, his character fell a bit flat for me. Not necessarily, not necessarily the actor, just the, the character. You can have a good actor, but still have a badly written character. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. It depends on the writing mainly. Mm. Um, I thought that, like, as soon as I saw Ego and Lamantis being introduced, and I realised that um, Ego was was the, uh, I I heard the rumours before I went into the film that Kurt Russell was playing uh, Star Lord's father. Yeah, apparently. But as soon as I had that confirmed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I watched the second trailer because I wanted didn't want to have too much spoiled or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. And I wanted to just go into the film trailer fresh. either. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I I felt like as soon as I saw him that I could already kind of pan out his character completely. It was a bit transparent. Yeah. Um, meaning I could really predict what this where this character was going to be honest, and if the film. The film was utilizing those golden people. He's going to be like the villain at some stage. Mm. Um, so I thought that was quite predictable. But I did think the relationship between him and you know uh, Star Lord was quite believable um, in some ways. That was the one benefit from that character. Yeah, it was a bit of an "I'm a villain, but I still love you" son situation. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think it's. I really struggled um, understanding the morals um, by the end of the film. It was. He, he's yeah. been. He's so glad that his son's back, but then again, he just says, "Right, you don't agree with me straight away. Let's just kill you. Like, you <laughs> why are you even here? It's it's just, it's done." Yeah. Um. 
yeah, I agree. Okay, um, what else have we got here? Um, I said about Yondu's death because this is one of the high points of the film for me. Yeah. Not because I didn't, not because I didn't like Yondu, but the way it kind of closed off and rounded the story up quite yeah. nicely. I didn't expect um, that. Yeah, nor did I really. I mean, I, I didn't look up any spoilers or anything oh, in, no, beforehand because no. I wanted to go into this film fresh. Yeah. But rarely they kill off... Um, I mean, Marvel rarely kill off characters without bringing them back. And they really stated, I thought. So. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 in the comics and the films, they always find a way to come back. Mm. But for some reason, I'm, I'm, something about this made me quite convinced that he wasn't going to come back. Oh, yeah, he got, like, cremated and, and stuff. I was like, okay, he's he, he is gone, kind of thing. Whereas, like, if you follow yeah. the uh, CW, DC Universe at all, you know that people don't often stay dead. Um, there's one particular character that has died, I think, three or four times. Well, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever it comes to yeah. superhero anything, I'm like, okay, I have to know that that character's dead before they die. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. like if a yeah, character gets get too shot sad. and falls against the wall and, and lays down, I'm like, okay, I don't think he's really dead. So, yeah, there was, it takes yeah, a bit there of definitely... <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah. There was definitely some sort of sense of finality to this death though yeah i mean it's possible for him to come back because you know souls and everything and you know infinity war and whatnot and the stones um which can resurrect people it, it was a, it's a really weird uh, storyline mm. if you've read the comic books yeah. but um he he can definitely come back but there's something very final about this and quite um in some ways one of the emotional high points of the film oh yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't like crying or anything no, but no. it was i didn't quite have it, that affection for the character but for the scene and for like the other characters it, it was quite moving so I, I feel like he was one of my favorite characters in the film though he really mm. um the way he proved himself at the end really um made him one of the most kind of complex characters that they have while i see while i see um someone like drax and he's like one of the most undeveloped characters in some ways Drax he's is got... more of the brute of the group. The group that, that sorry, the brute and like the Joker, the guy that pulls the jokes and tries to, as he well, as, he, as jokes, he says like, like, yeah, I feel like he tries to stick out a bit more of that like with his kind of laughing and like the brute part being like I'm gonna go inside this monster and kill it from the inside and that sort of thing. And he's like the, the big oh, yeah. guy at the team. So um, yeah, uh, there's not I, much uh, depth to his character other than the kind of the emotional path that he's had with and Thanos. That's that's what I'm trying to compare it to here. Yeah. Do you feel like there's any depth to Drax? I don't know if you need more than what you have there. I think I understand what that character is and what like what his purpose is. Um, and I know you don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, but there's uh, Heatwave, and he's played by. Um, Dominic Purcell, who plays um, yeah. one of the guys from Prison Break, um, and he's yeah. he's a very very similar type of character. So I'm like, you know, after 17 episodes this year, I'm I'm pretty used to that type of character because uh, yeah, he was yeah, in the season fair. of Legends quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of recognise his character, and I, I'm fine with it. So um, I mean, you have like yeah. four, four other people in the team that are doing their own different roles, so. Uh, it's a good ensemble. I do like the characters that make the ensemble. So now yeah. you've got a few more as well with Nebula and mm. uh, Mantis and Kraglin. Yeah. Um. I, but the thing is, with Yondu's death, go back to that. Yeah. Um. I, the thing that made it so good was that um, it kind of rounded off the search that Quill has been going on for the past 
two films trying to find out who his father is and he realizes that is his father's well not his father but his um true father figure has been there in front of him the entire time um which was in some ways is quite you know quite well written to be honest mm. yeah what do you think um, of that yeah i agree uh, and there's also a scene in because there was a recent telltale guardians of the galaxy game uh, it's an episodic game but the first episode came out um a couple of weeks before the film obviously because of marketing and and whatnot um yep and yondu interacts with a younger um star lord in that and he's uh star lord at times at his mother's funeral so in in the in-game universe because they're obviously separate to to the marvel one because uh, it's telltale yeah. so um and he's like you know come with me i'll sort of like take care of you kind of thing so he plays the fatherly role well, in that particular scene, we haven't seen any, any more from that because that was the last part that we saw. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he does that pretty well as well. Um, and yeah, speaking of Yondu, uh, Michael Rooker, who played Mel from from Walking Dead, so I'm glad he's yep. had um, other roles since that. Yeah, um, I, d- I definitely see the uh, the Mel in uh, Yondu as well. Mm. It's not like they're two separate characters. They're yeah. very much influenced, and Michael Rooker kind of has that style of character that. Um, that works well for casting. Mm. Um, is there really th- any points you've got? I mean, I've got a few more, but is there anything else you want to start off with? Um, well, speaking of positives and negatives, because that's kind of what you started with. Um, yeah. I spoke about my, my negative, the Resident Evil type ego villain, which I didn't like, and I feel like I've maybe said my piece on that. Uh, but the one positive of the film, um, Rocket and um, Baby Groot. Uh, do you think they should oh, get you a like that, film? Oh, you like that, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. See, I like. Um, I, I might like the idea of a spin-off film. It depends how they execute it, but I wouldn't say right now. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that I didn't like about this film, in some ways, was Baby Group, but a lot of people find the kind of cute. It was the easy kind of comic relief for the film, but in some yeah. ways, a very, a very, um, a very kind of bland character. It's funny to watch with. I mean, not bland. That's not the word I'm looking for, but very, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a baby. He doesn't really have any depth for him at the moment. Yeah, and he doesn't have anything. So, yeah. Uh, name, which I, I, I can't remember in the first one if, if Rocket translated his lines, but in, in this he, he is doing that. Um, yeah, he, he does. Because in, uh, in the first one as well. Because yeah. in the game he, he did that as well. So, uh, and I mean, he he says it at some, like, funny points as well. Um yeah, uh, they're like I am Groot because you can you can tell that he says it in like different tones, so it's not just the the voice actor saying the same thing over and over again. Um, it's in like the the emotion of what he wants to do, um, and you know with the whole like button and the bomb thing, I'm glad that didn't go on too long. I mean, like in terms of Rocket saying don't push that and he goes to push it and then don't push that and he goes to push it kind of thing. Uh, that went on just just long enough for me. Um, I thought that was quite good. So it's in, it seems like there's something you didn't like about those two. I don't know. It it just um, it wasn't the same kind of dynamic that it had in the first film, obviously, uh, because you know Groot's a lot younger. He's a lot more immature. Mm. Um, it was still funny to watch, but I much preferred seeing the the kind of the working um, how Rocket and Yondu work together. You know, I found that a lot more interesting. But maybe it's just because you know Groot's a child like kind of baby so um it's hard to really give that character any like development yeah so did you um, prefer him uh, as as Groot 
instead of baby. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, I, I like the kind of. Uh, uh, I mean, he was kind of cute, you know, and he did like a little that's funny dance and everything. But in terms of where, <laughs> in terms of character, that um, I, I just prefer yeah the crew from the first film. But there we go. That, that might be very much against what other people are saying. I'm not sure. Um, That's your opinion. You're very much entitled to it. So yeah. <laughs> strongly against what you're thinking. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Anyway, um, two characters which I haven't really talked too much about is Gamora and Nebula. Yes. Um, what did you think of how they uh, worked in the film? Um, they were they were good. It was. It was, you know, a situation where, like, they have this villain and this situation they're dealing with, and they're just kind of trying to kill each other. And it's yeah. like, okay, you guys can kind of deal with this later, can't you? Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it it got on my nerves a, a little bit. And there was, I mean, I I like the I like the development that went on there with the character, but. There were a few things regarding like um, regarding those two that didn't quite fit into the film, um, or were, probably weren't placed in the right uh, area. Um, do you remember the scene in the film where Gamora is walking along the planet and then Nebula comes in on the ship and just randomly attacks her? That was and... that was good from like a oh my god what's going to happen kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that was but... that was okay, um, and it was quite sort of dramatic. Which was good as well. Yeah, it just, it just came out of nowhere. It was a nice and peaceful yeah. and everything. I you just thought at that just point that, that was because uh, there was a scene just before that where Yondu, I think it's I think it's Yondu, Rocket, and Groot are in a ship. I was like, oh, that's their ship, kind of thing, because it was literally like almost the next scene from what I remember. I was like, oh, yeah, ship, go to the why portal. is this ship coming down? Yeah. And then Gamora was like, why is this ship coming down? Um, and then uh, yeah, we find out what it is. So. I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, but I think maybe I missed something from the, like, the end of the first film. But I thought the Nebula was still working uh, for Thanos. Um, but I'm um, I'm not sure. I can't remember. When, when was the first one? 2015 or 14? 14. Okay, so it was a couple because, of years ago. So uh, it just seems like her initiation into the team was quite awkward in some way. I mean, she was on the side and he didn't really accept her in there. But they didn't really tell her to go away or try and, you know, kill her or anything mm. for what she did. Um, it, it just it did seem a little bit awkward, her kind of position in, the, in this film. And the fact that she wasn't really, other than her revenge on Gamora, she wasn't really doing much else to kind of stop the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, okay. something that I don't quite get. But maybe um, if I second watch, will help that out for me. Mm. Um... I did think that their conflict together, though, was very well executed, and you can definitely see where Nebula's coming from, especially with the kind of the scene where she explains to more like why why she's doing what she's doing, and the fact that um, Gamora, as a child, would um, you know would be uh, treated a lot better than Nebula mm-hmm. by Thanos, um, and she became, had like parts of her face removed and turned to like a robotic. Uh, kind of creature. It was it, it was quite dark in some ways if you think about it. But yeah, yeah, I like the development there. It's interesting in in this film how they bring up obviously because Thanos isn't in this film because they're obviously saving. Like I think Infinity War is going to be a massive film. Um, it will uh, be. Yeah, I mean if it's going to include all the 
Uh, apparently all the defenders, some of the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, all the Guardians, mm. and then all the Avengers, hopefully Spider-Man. He's been kind of confirmed and then not confirmed and then confirmed and then not confirmed. It's like, what, what the hell's going on? Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he was. Yeah. They, they had that short video of Star-Lord or um, Chris Pratt. Robert Downey Jr. and Tom, and they were all, they were all on the set together. And Tom was like, "I watched the Avengers yeah. as, a, as a child. I can't believe I'm in this film, kind of thing." Um, it's crazy, yeah. Uh, uh, but um, go on, go on. So yeah, going back to to Thanos, it's interesting how the two sisters obviously have the 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 thing that they're going through in this, um, and then in in the not to bring up the game too much, but in the game, uh, you actually fight Thanos in the first episode. Which is, you know, it's pretty for, for a first episode of a brand new really? game series. You actually, that's a pretty massive thing to to happen, because uh, he was oh, in the trailer for the first episode. But I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like see him and he'll run off and I'll fight him in, in the last episode of the game. But no, you yeah, fight him. That is strange. Um, it was awesome, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, Let's see how seeing, that played out. Mm. Yeah, and then like seeing Gamora have her fight with him, and of course you can you like control him and stuff. Uh, it was pretty yeah. interesting going into this film as well to like not have Thanos in it and for them, for Gamora and Nebula to still be discussing it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's interesting that they just put Thanos in like right at the start, considering he's the villain that everyone in the uh, is building up to. Yeah, because um, I you mean, mentioned he's, how he's gone. thrown in it, and then like the scene cuts to me having a, a like reticle to hit him with I'm like, oh I'm I'm fighting him already. Wow. But uh yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, you mentioned how um I mean this is going away from this film, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um you mentioned how the um in, in Infinity War is gonna have the defenders and agents of Shield. Do you think Marvel's gonna be able to connect all the characters in one place to make it make sense to the different audiences? I think that's why they've got Two films, even though they're trying to say that they're separate or or whatever, um, but apparently they're right. also shooting back to back or something. I don't know. I'm not on the set, so I don't know. Um, yeah. But because uh, they originally called it Infinity War Part One and Part Two, and then apparently now they've yep. got different names or something. But they're obviously going to be the next one's obviously going to be the sequel to it. So yes. Um, I don't know if all the agents are still characters. I doubt all no, of them are going to be on it. Be there. Um, but some of them will probably like Coulson or something. Um, yeah, but they've um they they haven't brought Coulson back into the film universe since he died. No. I thought he might appear in uh, the Winter Soldier, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, he was off busy. He's been on Agents of Hydra. Shield, so yeah, great. Class. Yeah, been, um, I get that. That's where he's been. But it, with timing issues, would all of the characters from the TV series be able to film their parts in the TV series and then move on to the films, or will Agents of Shield end soon? Uh, apparently, it is in danger of getting not renewed, but it might get renewed. Um, I I Editing. don't know, but uh, yeah, it's interesting in terms of schedule how they're gonna how are they gonna do it all. So yeah, uh, part one is called Infinity War, and part two is called Infinity Gauntlet, which are two different storylines within the comic books. Okay. I've read both, so I've got a better understanding of where it's gonna go. Okay, can you imagine um, that though? Like all these characters being in the film, in the same yeah. film. Yeah, apparently there's going to be over sixty characters in this um, in wow. Infinity War Part One and Two. I'm not sure yeah. if that's just Part One, but uh, I think it. They said both. Yeah, I feel like Civil War was a tiny experiment with that 
because of course oh, that's, was, where, that's where you had some more of the characters so that was interesting as well um, it was interesting new characters and also developing them within a large scale film mm. which was which it did really well i love so it's a brilliant yeah, film which we uh, also reviewed so um we did yeah about a year ago <laughs> so. yeah um go back to this film then um okay. is, is there anything uh, else do you want to kind of push um they have we haven't sp- spoken on already of this um there was a comparison i wanted to make between um i know it's dc but uh, batman v superman logan and guardians of the galaxy where you've got like you've got three different types of film there obviously one's one's DC, but they're all all three of them are superhero films. Yep. Um, where Batman v Superman is very dark and gritty, and you know you've got Batman who's a dark and gritty character. Um, Superman is in that, although it's not he's not really supposed to be. Um, uh, so that's like the grittiest of the films. Then you got Logan, which as we discussed also, um, has got some more happiness moments in it, like when they're all sitting around the dinner table and. Is like the human moments in that film, and then you've got this film, which is an all-out kind of fun ensemble experience. Um, yes. Is there anything you want to say in, in regard to that? I mean, it shows that superhero films are not just becoming uh, your, your simple Spider-Man or yeah, your and... uh, Batman ones, or they're really developing outwards yeah. um, into lots of different subgenres or films. Um, I w- wouldn't be surprised if we see a superhero film in the next ten years. That's like it's got something to do with horror, horror or anything like that, and expanding yeah, th- that mean, genre. You've got um, Cloak and Dagger coming up. I know it's not a, a film, but uh, that's like two. From what I know of it, and from what I've seen in the trailer, it's like two teenage teenagers who get powers, and they're set in the Marvel universe. So yeah, it's more fantasy, I think, but yeah. um, it has. I think it has some dark uh, elements too, which is good to explore yeah um and we have seen the within marvel tv series like the defenders we have seen the the grittier side to the marvel cinematic universe mm. with the kind of street uh, fighters or brawlers um teaming up to save new york uh which is which is a really um it's a really cool project that they've got going with yeah. netflix yeah and i'm really the excited defenders trailer i have i thought um, it was awesome i can't i, I mean, can't wait to see that I hope Iron Fist is a bit better in this one because um, he had. In the, I saw his, um, saw a few episodes of the his own TV series, okay. and he 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 was a bit lacking in that. To be honest, the, like, the actor wasn't doing too well. Okay, but hopefully that'd be good. Mm. So yeah, like you said, um, it really the superhero films are not just becoming so uh, one dimensional at the moment. They're really uh, expanding outwards in diverse diversifying. Rather than yeah. just stay to uh, one simple kind of formula, mm. like some like some people I see I talk to and they say like, "Oh, have you seen any films recently?" And I go, "Yeah, I saw Civil." And they go, "Oh, what, another one of them superhero films." I'm like, "I yeah. really wish you'd like, you know, just if watch. you actually watched a couple of them, you'd know that they're different, and it's not just here's Iron Man and Captain America again. It's like no, now we have like a Civil War and we have a new Spider Man and a new Black Panther, um, and I think." This current sort of cinematic universe that we've got um, has done really well. It's really that. well. I um, love I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's then, one of the best franchises. Yeah, um, you've got like like you said different things like Daredevil, and then you've got like Agents of Shield. So yeah, different kind of things. So yeah, you do get the people like oh what, another superhero film. How much longer are they going to come out for? Kind of thing. And I'm like, yes, yeah, you mate, you're gonna you're gonna deal with them. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, um, it's, a, it's a huge money making uh, like kind of market to go into superhero films, as well as a very entertaining one that appeals to both kids and adults, which is why um, I really like them. But for some people, superhero films aren't always a thing. Uh, aren't always like something that's going to be you know going to really work with them. Because I have a friend who's watched Guardians of the Galaxy and he didn't really like it, the first one. And I was like, yeah. how, how did you not like it? But I, I guess it's just like some sort of take, like different tastes and stuff. Hmm. So I guess I guess I um, I guess I wouldn't be able to get him into these kind of films just because he has that stigma that superhero films are are also like one dimensional. Hmm. And what even if I just show him like a uh, like a good, like one of the best superhero films like The Dark Knight, oh, yeah. he'd probably st- he'd still have that kind of stigma about it even after watching it and he wouldn't want to admit that it's good or anything he's one of those yeah. kind of people so you can't win them all you can't win them all no, but a lot of people can't. do like superhero films which is good to see mm. and, and, and I mean, like, to... um in terms of like you know people's tastes and fair enough if you do if you don't really like superheroes then you're not really yeah. gonna like this stuff but like I've spoken to other people as well. I'm like, oh, do you watch any of the CW stuff, like The Flash and Arrow and that? And they're like, oh, well, I watch The Flash. It's really fun and kind of cool. But I don't like Arrow. It's a bit darker and stuff. That's 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 fine. At least they're, like, taking some investment from it. They like one particular piece of this, but not all of it. So, um, yeah, there's different types of people for this kind of entertainment. So, um, yeah. That's, like, that's um, a good thing about it as well. It's a, it's a, It's a genre that has many different kind of tastes to it. So... Like I like TV series like uh, Agents of Shield. Like re- I really like that because it's the depth that it has to it. But I don't like some like some of the older superhero TV series like Smallville. I don't, I, don't, I can't I can't uh, really you know get into Smallville. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, but with Guardians of the Galaxy, it seems to be one of the the Marvel properties that a lot of people do like to go and see. Uh, um, from the first two films, and you know, with the reception that it had with the game and everything, um, and I don't think this film really discredited it in some way. I feel like it did live up to a lot of people's expectations for it. Uh, they expected it to be a fun time going in there, and they really, uh, I-, I think they got that fun time really. Mm. Um, was there much? I mean... Sorry, go on. Go on. Uh, was there much more that you wanted to say? Because I was going to say, like, did you want to pick um, any highlights from this film that you liked? Um, yeah, in a minute. But um, I wanted to kind of look and see how this um, film really compares with the others in the MCU. Um, okay. In comparison to the first one, I do think it's not quite as good. I don't, I don't think it is. It's maybe got that, like, sequel pressure problem like a lot of people like oh guardians of the galaxy 2 there's another one of these i can't wait kind of thing um like the first one was so awesome kind of thing um yeah i i it definitely wasn't a disappointment it just wasn't no you can be be not quite as good as other things that you are following but still be really good so yeah sequels don't always well i mean like sequels are the original films and not like you know seven films in or whatever um they seem to not always live up to the kind of original kind of basic concept of the first film, um, other than in stuff like, you know, X-Men, where they had um, X2, which is one of my favourite X-Men films, mm. and that was a lot better than the original X-Men. Um, but for this film, I think that it, it 
it's still a, re- a really good Marvel film. It, it works well with the universe, and it does set a few things up, like in the post-credit scenes, which help the universe to kind of expand a bit. Yeah, I've what did you have um... written down if you if you wanted to discuss those as well? Uh, do you? Yeah, uh, I I looked them, them up again because of course I couldn't remember remember each of them because there was like I think there was five of them. Yeah, I remember the uh, the one main one that really got, kind of grabbed my attention and got me excited. But go on. Uh, Kraglin, Kraglin uh, takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow, which I thought. What did you think of that arrow, by the way? Yondu's the arrow. Yeah, it's, it, that's a cool little thing that he does. Where he, with the where they whistle and it yeah, yeah. controls where it goes. Not sure how you know the technicalities of that, but there we go. So, what what did you think of his his weapon? What the arrow? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. It was maybe. Do you feel like it was a bit overpowered? Um, a little when, bit overpowered. When yeah, they're in but... the control room and they're getting ready to take off, it's like taking out everybody. I was like, okay, fair enough, but like, okay. Uh, so yeah, Kraglin takes up Yondu's um, arrow and tries to control it. He he um, hits. Uh, was it Drax with it? think so yeah. yeah and he's sitting there like screaming in pain and then crackling like slowly walks off i thought that was quite funny um inspired by undo sacrifice uh groot starts growing back to normal size exhibiting oh yeah he turns into like a teenager yeah, <laughs> that's one of the funniest parts of the film for me. I don't know why it was so funny, but seeing the group being like the teenager and Star Lord being the father, just telling him to like put the technology away. Ah, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. So, so with the three versions of group that we now have, which one's your favorite? I mean, we haven't seen much of teenager group, but I started to go no. with the, one of the first film. But it was, it, yeah, it was a nice oh. little addition to the post credits, considering they had five. Um, so do you think Teenage Groot will be in the next one? Because it's been confirmed we're getting a Guardians of Galaxy 3. That'll be after Infinity War. So I'm going to go and say that he'll probably be, while well, back to the group, be still on the first one by then. Mm-hmm. Um, considering the rate he'll probably grow to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got Infinity War on the way as well, which we'll probably see him like, grow even more if he's going to be in that film. I know, yeah. I know Star-Lord's definitely in that. I mean... Chris Pratt, sorry. <laughs> Chris yeah. Pratt's definitely playing Star Lord. Mm. Um, Basically, same be... person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were the other ones? Um, I only have one other one down here, um, which is the astronaut thing. Stanley's cameo as well, which is it's always nice to see him. So. Oh, with the watchers. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was. I thought that was a... His cameos are maybe a little. I'm surprised how short they are sometimes. Yeah, I mean. He doesn't really. It's, it's a cameo. It's not like a, a minor character or anything. He's literally just there to kind of be a reference to the people who actually have any clue who he is. But a lot of people, even who don't read the comics, know that Stanley's who Stanley is now. So it's kind of lost its touch. Um, but it's still cool to see him actively supporting these Marvel films. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, when the, when this film ended and the credits started coming up and I already knew that there was five credit scenes, I was looking around the cinema. I was like, I wonder how many other people know that there is because usually the credits start and people just people yeah. Just get up and I had out. a load of people walk out and it was embarrassing to me because I was like, What are you doing? What are you having a mental breakdown or something? Uh, yeah. Why are you leaving so early? Um, 
but yeah, yeah. The, the people that were in my cinema all stayed. I was like, ah, oh, you must, you must, you must even know that this is a Marvel film and there's credit scenes, or you must know that there's all five because after the first couple, um, people just kind of stayed there, and then I was like, I wonder how many, I wonder, you know, I wonder what what's like, what do they know? Do they know that there's five or like, are they like, what's going on? Why is there so many? Um. But, uh... Yeah, my friend told me there was five, so I thought, oh, gosh, crikey, we've got a lot here. Um, did you, you, have, you didn't write any notes about the one where it shows um, a bit of uh, the golden people? I, 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 don't, I don't know what race they are, so I had to call them golden people. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't quite actually remember that cutscene. I, I remember it, it being one, but uh, like you kind of said, yeah. they're a bit forgettable for me, those characters. So... Um... Yeah, they tease um, that in that scene. They tease um, Adam Warlock, who's the character from the comics, and he plays a huge role in Infinity War because they say I'm talking about Adam at the end. And yeah. I turn though when they show that kind of um, golden kind of model, I think it was. Um, yeah, and he plays a huge role in the comic, so I was really excited to see that cool. and see how he'll play into the Infinity War. I wonder who they're going to cast him as. Yeah, uh, so we've got, in terms of Marvel films leading up to Infinity War, we've got Spider-Man, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, yep. A lot of people say, oh, it's Iron cool. Man 4. I'm like, are you joking? He's going to be a mentor. This is a Spider-Man film. Um, but some yep. people are like, you know, I watched the trailer and he's he's in the trailer too much. I'm like, okay, you got to put him in the trailer because he is part of the film, but he's not going to, it's not Iron Man 4, it's a new Spider-Man. But anyway... Uh, yeah. So we have the new Spider-Man, uh, then we have Thor, uh, which apparently the last Infinity Stone is going to be collected in that. Do we have another one in between that and Infinity War? Or do you think it's going to be like the end of Thor sets up Infinity War and then we just... I haven't counted, to be honest. Okay. I know, uh, I, I, I know I mean, other ones coming up, but in terms of next year's, because Thor will be the last one this year. So there's six stones, year's... isn't there? Sorry? There's six stones. There's the... The one in Loki's uh, scepter. There was the one in uh, Ronan's staff. Yeah. There was one in Thor two in the ether. Mm-hmm. Um, mine has gone blank. So no, there's one in Doctor Strange as well, wasn't there? I think so. Yeah. That's four. Yeah. And there's probably there's probably going to be another one or two that um that we'll see, which is good. Um. Yeah, yeah it's good to see. Of- like in terms of schedule, what, uh, how they'll set up their films, sort of thing. Because uh, the, the I reckon last, they'll be fine. Whichever the last film there is is going to be before Infinity War, they have to set things up appropriately. Unless you have a little bit of setup in Infinity War, but then with so many characters on there, you you've got. Uh, so that's that's a good thing with Infinity War. It kind of needs to be two and a half hours because you have so many yeah. people you can show off. So definitely, uh, yeah. Um. So it's good to see that there's a real uh, expanse of people yeah. coming in. If it's like I said, um, if there's what sixty characters in between two films, that's a lot to introduce and develop. They're gonna have a real task on their hands there. You think there's gonna be but, a shot of like all of them? Like, like you know, like, you know, when the, the camera turns around and it's all the Avengers or like all the Guardians kind of thing. Do you think there's gonna be a shot and it will have like all the characters in it? I hope there is. That would be real fan service there. That would, yeah. Um, have, like, everyone. As well, so. 
Oh, definitely. And there's fan art of the, all of them together out there and everything on the internet. I mean, people really want to see them, like the Guardians and the Avengers together, yeah. as well as like Defenders and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but less so. I wonder how much the film's going to cost. Goodness. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, you know, wages or salaries, whatever you want to call it, and then, like, effects and fights and... God. It's going to be Disney, expensive. Disney's got some money, haven't they? So... <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, because they got Star Wars and Marvel as well, so it all kind of ties into one thing now, I guess. I think this film did well in setting up Infinity War. Oh yeah, because um, the way it closed off um, kind of Solo's arc of finding his father and having that kind of contention and allows, which allows him to be stronger. Um, I think that makes him more of an asset in Infinity War because he doesn't really have that. He's not so like searching for his father, and he doesn't have that kind of vice. Hmm. He he seems like a stronger character now. Um, and the team seem kind of, despite them having like what Nebula there, they do seem um, more like a generally. They, they, they seem like a stronger team. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I expect they've got new characters. Well, they have got new characters as well, so that probably hmm. helps. Um, one thing that is it was a huge kind of thing in the first film that was brushed over into this film was the soundtrack. Um, in the first film, it plays like a huge role in what happens with um, with um, Quill and his development. Um, but in this film, I feel like it was kind of just brushed over a bit, and um, we don't really hear, get to hear so much of. Um, you know, hear so much of it, and really feel the um the impact that it has on Star Lord. Was that, was that the only one thinking that, or what did you think about um, that? The only way I thought about that was when um, Ego destroys Star Lord's cassette tape thing. Yeah. So that kind of that's the only kind of thought I I had on that really, uh, and that, that was a pretty sad scene because it's like you know. They they explain that in the first film was like his, his that was his mother's uh, cassette tape thing, and um, to see his like face when that's destroyed and, and stuff that was that was a nice scene. Well, not a nice scene, but nicely done. It, it worked so, well, yeah, yeah. And I think um, the the fact is that that Yondu also had like a tape of music, that and he he replaced some um, ego as a father figure. So I thought the transition between the two things was nice, and it was kind of some sort of symbolism as mm. well. Yeah, for showing that um. You know, um, Yondu was there for Quill even when Ego wasn't, and Ego was just <laughs> yes, he was Ego, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Another scene that made me laugh was uh, I can't remember who gives it to Star Lord, but when they give him the like iPod phone thing, and then he's like, "Oh, I listen to Zune music." There's like 300 songs, and then yeah. Star Lord's like 300 songs. I just started laughing. I was like. Uh, you know, because yeah, the amount of songs you can get on things like you know Spotify and on whatnot these days is uh, yeah. is quite a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know how like Google Play works, but uh, no, I know Spotify has good. a lot of stuff. So um, yeah, that, that was quite a nice sort of transition to like in terms of saying not directly to Star but saying this is 2017. People don't have cassette tapes type of thing. This is a way for you to continue to listen to music, but in more of like a modern way so i thought that was quite good yeah yeah and then he's he's i think he sits next to yeah he sits next to baby Groot, doesn't he he gives him one of the headphones um and then that that was quite nice as well yeah um i haven't got too many more points about this film and we have explained the impact on the marvel universe which is good nice bit of context there um 
but one, one thing that um, kind of shocked me at the start of the film was well not shocked me but kind of maybe a bit confused uh-huh. was how Yondu was kind of thrown out of the Ravagers for quite a, uh, for a while um, which seemed a bit it did seem a bit strange but it kind of made more sense as the film developed and it really worked well to the storyline what did you think of that? Um, yeah I mean his, his character worked out in the end with his arc and uh, he had a relatively nice send off and stuff um See, so, yeah, I think his arc, his arc worked out well. I haven't got too many more notes here, but I'm just going to point out some of the uh, the good yeah. kind of visual elements of the film. I uh, love the cinematography. It was brilliant. It used the same kind of colour scheme as the first film, yeah. uh, rather than changing it up and making it darker and everything. Because mm. um, if you look at the Captain, the first Captain America film, and you look at the second one, the colour schemes are a lot different. Oh, yeah. The first one, it was all yeah. kind of vintage and kind of bright. In the second one, you get this really kind of grey, dark tone, and it, it it's a very um, large contrast. And it it's it's only a subtle thing, but it really makes um really makes a difference to the tone of the film. Yeah, I mean it does. Show, how you like, read it when you put money into things? Uh, AMC, I'm looking at you. Um, when you put yeah. money into things properly, how just how good things turn out, and how much in terms of us two and in terms of viewers how much we appreciate these things so yeah, yeah. and i did feel like some of the lens flares that were on the planet of ego were a bit like overused at times to kind of just show like the the expanse of the land but that's just a small criticism because we've already talked about pretty much everything with this film yeah do you want to wrap that up um yeah i just wanted to wrap Final up thoughts. with what i said about um, picking highlights or like one particular kind of highlight that you might. Yeah, have. that's good. Um, do you want me to start? Okay, sure. Okay. Um, particular highlight. Oh, um. So for me, it had to be the ending scene. I mean, not many films. Um, it's, that's not the case for a lot of films. Usually, they have a good part within the middle, which really makes you. Um, what to keep, keep watching the film until the end and really drives the plot forward. But for some reason, the ending scene where they were all there and um, then the Ravagers come in and um, mourn the death of Yondu, I thought that worked, that worked really well and better than every other scene, scene in this film. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was what was your favourite ending scene? Well, not in ending scene. scene. Uh, my favourite bit was at, at the start, I think, like I said, with... Um... When that they're fighting that tentacle thing, and then Baby Groot is kind of walking around, and because I was wondering how they would use Baby Groot in this film as well, yeah. Because um, obviously we we knew we knew the explosive button situation thing because uh, the, the the trailer showed. Trailer. It, but, uh, I mean that that didn't bother me, but uh, I'm just saying that's where we saw it as well. Uh, and him kind of like walking around, and you see the different the different guardians, and they're all fighting, um, which is what superheroes should be doing. Uh, yep. And then you kind of, you know, he didn't really emote that much, but him kind of just dancing and going along and all that sort of thing. And him, like, I think every now and then he was, like, t- taking cover from something or, like, behind something. Yeah. Uh, and it good. looked really good as well, that these kind of scenes. And because it's, cause it's so up close to Baby Groot and then you have, like, the ground and how does that look? Because it's, like, on a different planet or whatever. Uh, so that that was the highlight for me. Which is basically like the op- kind of the opening because you had the, the like pre-opening with um, yeah ego and all that stuff. So um, yeah, that was the highlight for me. I mean, 
Yeah, that was one of my highlights. But I'm kind of running up to the final scene. Um, along with another one of my favourites was um, when it was Groot trying to get the right item. Uh, baby Groot, sorry. Trying to get the right item um, to help out Yondu and Rocket, who was mm. stuck in the cell. Um, I thought that was particularly funny. And that was one of my highlights, but I still have to go with the ending scene. Cool. Yeah, I, that was one of my highlights as well. I feel, I feel like we do have some similar opinions on this film, which is nice as we well. We do, yeah. yeah. Which is and good to hear. We kind of agree somewhat with the, you know, there's there's critical people and then there's not so much critical people. Um, it seems like the general consensus is kind of the same, um, which, which is yeah. good as well. So, um, I like to be critical, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's all we have to say on this film. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. You can find all the other content on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, so yeah, things that are happening at the moment. Um, myself and David have just wrapped up our coverage of 24 Legacy, the first season of that. So that's all on the website. Uh, myself and Robert are wrapping up the remaining four episodes of the long 22 episode seasons of the CWDC shows Supergirl, Flash, Legends, which has finished and Arrow, um, which is called CW Superheroes, so go and check that out. Um, in terms of me and Chris, uh, go and check out Logan and um, our Civil podcast. So, um, myself and Robert are still doing our video game podcasts, so go and check those out. The day, the day has changed for that, but it's been a bit different for a bit for a while, so uh, that's Random Gaming Talk. Um... What else was there? There was a couple of other things that I'm forgetting. But uh, yeah, that's most of the content over on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK. If you've got any inquiries or any feedback uh, regarding any of the podcasts or anything you'd like to ask me, send that to entertainmenttalk.com. And lastly, if you'd like to support all these podcasts and things that we're making, uh, or redeem a reward of your choosing, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Thank you for listening, and as always, we'll see you on the next piece of content. Goodbye. See you.